Hello, hello, hello. Good morning and welcome to another of my podcast episodes. You are now tuning in to WDGS 333 on your podcast station. I am Elfrida, your host, here to bring you the most. From what did God say ministry? Oh my, oh my, oh my, on this thankful Thursday, do I have a hot topic to discuss. And you know, even though the topic is hot, we're going to always drop it on a spiritual level. Amen. Amen. The topic today is a common phrase that I've often heard brothers say, you know, and it is a good man. I'm a good man. So, you know, I've been pondering on that phrase. But you know, I'm gonna tell you a little, little something, something about me if you haven't figured it out. Whenever I hear people, and I talked about yesterday, there's a difference between listening and hearing. So whenever I hear someone edifies themselves, you know, I tend to sit back and ponder over what they say. You know, Words are very, very, very powerful. And I think that may be why when I was such a little itty bitty girl, my grandmother encouraged me by to read the dictionary. You know, me and my baby aunt, we were like three years apart. And my grandmother had a saying, you know, we, we, we could not say in our house that we were bored. It was always something to do. That's how my grandmother raised us. It was her mother and my grandmother. And we were the two females in the house with my grandmother together. And my granddaddy and then my baby uncle. But one thing, my my oldest aunt and I, we were very, very close. Like, people thought we were sisters. But anyway, when uh, we say things like, you know, when us kids, you sit around in a while and you say, well, I'm bored. You want to go somewhere or do something. And my grandmother would encourage us to go what she would tell us because you know back then it wasn't like now now people reason with their kids and try to uh, bargain with their kids but back then they just said what they wanted you to do there was no lip wrestling there was no back talking you just proceeded to follow the parental instructions and you know what that does It really blesses your life. You may not see it now if you're young and confused. But my grandmother had a little saying. She used to say, just keep living. But anyway, mom would say, well, go get a dictionary and look up a new word. So you knew not to just constantly say you're bored because that was your assignment now. Go get a dictionary. But you know, the thing that I think on now, when I reflect back over my life, is what such a powerful, profound assignment. So then it became routine that we had to look up a new word each week. Mm. 
my throat a little dry this morning. I'm sipping on me some lemonade this morning, but um, because I hope you all know that lemon is really good for for the throat. But back to the topic. When I heard somebody recently say, because I was sharing some of my testimony, and they said, well, I'm a good man. Now, you know, when I hear people, you know, like like um, last year this time, somebody used the phrase and said they took care of somebody. And it was one adult saying they took care of another adult. So, you know, I listen to what people say and I ponder some phrases in my spirit. And then what God begins to do with those same phrases. See, first of all, when I hear them, it's something on quickening my I said, mm-mm, mm-mm, something's not to write. Something is not right with what they said, okay? But I'm not going to comment on it because sometimes when I comment on stuff, when it's immediately said, I tend to bring a fix. How many of you know that the actual bona fide truth can really offend people? And you're not correcting anybody. You're just enlightening somebody. Oh, my God. See, let me, let me, just, let me just say this. When a man and a woman connects, they both should bring something to the table. Sometimes it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a spiritual strength. Sometimes it's a financial strength. Sometimes it's an intimate strength. I believe those are the three top top things in every relationship that carries weight. Let me let me say that again. I believe those are the three top categories that keeps relationships on a foundation. I believe those are the three categories that keep relationships on a foundation. The spiritual, the financial, and the sensual, which is the sexual. Now, when a person tell me that they're a good man, because <laughs> you know I'm a word person. That's why I tell people, be careful what you say to people, especially when you're elevating yourself. Okay, out of those three categories... When a person tell me they are a good, see, that that, that, that says a lot. I'm going to tell you why it says a lot in a minute. A good man. Okay, see, see, see so what I'm going to look for, what I know, what I know, it should supersede. That's the spiritual, the financial. And the sensual, which is the sexual. Now, if you're not powerful, and this, this, this me now, this me, let me do like Paul. I'm saying, if you're not powerful in those three arenas, why label yourself good? 
Now, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says in a minute, and it's going to blow your mind, okay? Just hang in here with me. And I'm not just going to exclude this to say men, but the phrase came from a man, so that's why I got to. Because that was the first most prevalent part in sharing some of my testimony is to say, well, you know, we as women don't want a good man. So, you know, throughout my journey, and I'm at this three score point almost, I never ever had a man to consider himself before me as a good man. And I don't know because these brothers took time to know me. To know that that's a powerful phrase to tag yourself that you a good man. Because, see, when you're dealing with Alfreda, what a good man represents to her may not be what the man may puff himself up to be. First of all, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really perplexed when a person, anybody say that they're good. Now, let me just say this. I'm not saying that they're not good people. See, this comes from my biblical knowledge. So you have to understand sometime when I'm on my podcast and I'm saying things that I say, I'm looking at it from a spiritual aspect. Don't group me with the normal. See, that's what happened with the confusion of Jesus. Some of you may want to check out my my YouTube channel where I talk about my 40-day journey with Jesus because there's a lot of things that we do in our flesh and our natural being that has nothing to do with the walk of Jesus. Oh, let me help somebody this morning. You know, I want to appeal because my 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 podcast is what did God say? So quite naturally, anyone that tunes in either is a Christian or designing to be a Christian or they have a godly walk. So we shouldn't be offended because I'm talking to in the spirit. Not talking on the natural and the flesh. Although I may give natural and fleshly examples. But it is to enlighten us in a spiritual aspect. And I say us because I come into forms of enlightenment as well on my podcast. Especially when I'm utilizing my spiritual tools. And exercising my spiritual muscles. But back to the good man and the bad man. You know, the natural first thing I thought, okay, what they consider is a bad man. It's a bad man. It's a man who who hits and beats a woman, who cheats on a woman, who talks to a woman in such a profane and profound way that is just to hurt her feelings and do things that 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 diminishes her her joy, her emotions. You know, this is my perception from the conversation. Okay, this is what a bad man does. Since they're a good man, a bad man beats a woman. He he cheats on a woman. He talks to a woman any kind of way. And he damages her feelings and her emotions. Mm. So, okay. A good man is considered a man. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just utilizing this phrase because that was the topic and so I said okay so a good man I'm thinking in my head is considered as what okay because you think if a man don't hit a woman if a man don't don't 
curse a woman if a man don't cheat on a woman that makes him good Mm. okay I'll let you have that but see this is my intellect in 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 the conversation and I had this recently with another gentleman who called and gave me a testimony actually Monday and said that there was a person that they were talking to Sunday a group of brothers and one man has he married, but he has multiple adulterous affairs throughout his marriage. But because he is financially supporting his wife and she don't need to ask for anything because he supplies all her needs and then some of her wants. He flat-footedly said in the midst of this conversation, I know I'm a good man. So, of course, you know, the brother called me and asked me the next day, what was my input on that? And see, my input on anybody who tagged themselves, see, that's a tag over yourself to believe you're good. It's nothing. I, I Listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't believe goodness about you. But goodness and good is two different words. You know, I'm a word person. And then being a blessing and being blessed is another word. Now, I understand there are two forms of language. There are languages for those who are in the world, and there is a language for those who are of the world. Now, that's what segregates people spiritually. Let, let's, let's keep remembering, I'm, I'm coming to you on a spiritual level. Spiritually, the Bible says that we, as a people, we are either in the world or of the world. Now, if you're in the world, that means you just coexist. You hear, you doing what you do. You breathe. You born, you breathe, you live, you die. The Bible said we are in the world. We are Christians. We breathe, we live, and we find a way to live for Christ, and then we transition. If we are in the world, but the Bible said Christians now are in the world, but they are not of the world. And so, therefore, he says, so what the world do, oh, my God, it's not supposed to entertain you. Although you may at one point in time live that way. But when you was of the world, you lived however you chose. But now that you understand you are in the world, you go through preparations because you coexisting for your heavenly home. That's a whole nother topic. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get in that because that get on a deeper, deeper, deeper level. Let's just stick with the topic. But anyway, I just want to give a little insight on why I speak on the flip side. Let me put it that way. I'm gonna speak to you on the spiritual side sometime, and sometime I'm gonna speak to you. I'm gonna speak to you on the inside. We in the world, but and I'm gonna speak to you on the flip side of the world. So when a brother come to me and a brother of the world, and he try to tell me certain things, okay, I listen. But when a brother for come to me, he comes spiritually. He in the world, okay. See, then my relationship with him go to a whole nother level. 
I don't deal with him as, as, as we as sisters can say. That street brother is not going to be the same as the spiritual brother. Because the spiritual brother, now remember, he in he in the world, but he not of the world. So the brothers that are of the world, you know, I got a little saying. I don't understand because my brothers that's of the world, I got to give them some credit. On the fact that they present themselves straight up. You know, if they curse, they drink, they lie, they cheat, whatever they do, you're aware of it. So you have an open-minded, conscious choice that you say, okay, I see this brother. This is how he roll. I can either roll with it or roll without it. Then on the flip side, you got the brothers that's in the world of the spirit of the Lord. And they want to place themselves on a pedestal of all the things they they persecute worldly brothers for doing, but behind the scene, they ain't no different. Now, see, I got a lot of perplexity in that. And I'm talking about my personal experience. They want women to take off their pantyhose behind closed doors. I'm just saying. Without being married, they want to drink behind closed doors. They want to curse. They text women in their phone and set up meetings and slip and dip and cheat too. I'm just saying. They want to rub you down and smack it up, flip it up. Ooh. So why would a person who does the same, only thing I see different is they go to church. They put on a suit and they go to church. They, because worldly brothers, if they want to call it a bad man, they talk about God too. They talk about God. Some of them know the Bible better than some of them in the church. But why would a man say, I'm a good man? That's my topic. What makes a brother think he's good if he know God? Because just because you don't beat a woman, you may not use profanity. You may not be out there in the streets every night. But you can still wound a woman. I know a brother. He, a pastor. Been married a couple of times. And he personally shared some of his testimony with me. And he said to me, I was not a good husband because I didn't make time, quality time, with my first wife. I put more time and energy into the church. And I just left her unguarded, uncovered, unprotected. And I just didn't engage with her. Don't you know you can wound a woman in many ways? Not just through physical abuse. It can be emotional abuse. Because her emotions are so damaged by the treatment. You can sit in the house with her all day. But if you ain't making time to talk to her. You're not showing her any kind of love and affection. Because if you in the world. Then women going to look for you to come with a higher standard. 
If you don't make they flesh or they emotions spiritually or naturally feel better than a brother in the street, then that's why sometimes them street men can hold on to what y'all think is good women. Mm. Because they come in the house with a hug and a kiss. They come in the house with flowers. They come in the house with money and cards and gifts sometimes. And they may do the same for two or three women. But one woman just know what you making her feel like. Then you got brothers who are in the world, in the church, just a stiff neck. They come in the house with a frown on their face like they mad with the world. They want to sit down in front of the TV and don't want to talk to you. They don't want to pray with you. They don't want to nurture your spirit. They don't want to edify your spirit. But in their mind, they believe they're a good man. But they can get on the phone and they can talk to Sister Sicky Wicked. They can talk to Sister Wally Minnie. They can talk to Deacon Pinetto and all these other folks. But they'll move around in the same atmosphere with you. But they ain't got time for you. But they're a good man. I don't know if somebody experiencing this. They can go to church. They can be active. But when they come home, they ain't got no activities for you. But they think you're supposed to feel they're a good man. But see, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. That's why I got I got a little perplexity with a person who say they're good anything. A good man or a good woman. I don't walk around saying, I do tell me I, I know I'm a blessing. And, and I, I am a blessing. I am blessed and I am a blessing. We all are a blessing. I'm going to help you with that scripture, but I'm going to break it down to the scripture because I'm not going to keep you long. But this is what Jesus said. And I'm going to tell you now, Jesus, I don't know about you. I can work for Jesus, but I don't know if I can be like Jesus. I'm trying now. Because Jesus, he put up with a lot of stuff. He put up with a lot of stuff and he stayed calm. Only one time in the Bible they said Jesus got angry. But see, I haven't met anybody, you know, and people know I talk about my grandmother, who don't get angry, who don't gossip, who don't bite bite, who don't, I mean, I haven't met anybody like that. I've heard some people. I listen to their spirit. See, I try the spirit by the spirit to see if it is of God. I give people the benefit of the doubt to not be sitting in the seat of judgment. But once a person shows you who they are, you're not judging them. See, let's get this straight, people. People kill me with that word, too. I don't judge nobody. Lies you tell. We all judge somebody. You know, and people say, I don't discriminate. Yes, you do. It may not be on color. It may be how somebody conduct. But we all fall guilty of that. And see, one thing about me, like I said, I'm a word person. Just be true to who you say you are. The worst people the Bible said is those who put themselves up front and they haven't even been invited up. Keep yourself sometime in the background and wait to be elevated up. Because so many times people elevate themselves. But I'm going to give you these scriptures and I'm going to wind this thing up. Okay, this is Jesus. I'm going I'm to give you a little backdrop, you know. Jesus was talking. And he was saying to the people how, he said, 
who shall, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child. Because the little children were trying to run up on him. And he told them, suffer the little children to come unto me. This is in Mark, I'm sorry. Mark, the book of Mark, where it's several, it's several, it's several, it's several books that actually this scripture coming out. Because they have it in um, Mark chapter 10, verse 18, Luke chapter 18 and verse 19. But um, I decided to uh, read the one out of Mark, Mark chapter 10. So, okay, anyway, and, 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 and so Jesus said, uh, if we don't come as little children, you know, and that's another whole teaching because I sure had it. That, ooh, I, I had a good time resting in that scripture. God, what do you mean as little children? But see, you know, little children, they may fall out, but they don't they, they don't stay mad with each other. Little children could just be done, uh, hit each other and they'll go sit right back down and they'll play together. And they may have just snatched stuff from each other and made one cry and they'll go right back and play together. So, you know, we grew Grown folks, though, when we fall out, we just don't fall out. See, that's why Jesus is trying to teach people something. So what he said, unless you act like little children. And then the Bible said that he took them up in his arms and put his hands upon them and blessed them. See, that's why he said, don't stop them little children from coming to me. Because they got more innocent in their heart. Then you got in yours. So he embraced them. And when he was gone for, the Bible said, from his way, there came one running and kneeled to him. Now, now that's just the backdrop. The actual verse, Mark 10 and 18, I'm finna get ready to read it to you. And he asked him, good master, good master. Now, there was a man running behind Jesus. He running behind him. He fell on his knees when he seen Jesus had embraced the children in his arms and Jesus blessed them. See, that's why I say we are blessing. But it was Jesus now, the man who performed miracles. The man who made the lame walk. He opened the eyes of the blind. Oh, my God. The man who could truly fast 40 days without food and water. I just want to know, are oh, you think you better than Jesus? The man who had the anointing, do you think you're better than Jesus is the question. Have you performed all these miracles? Can you chain water into wine? Can you compel somebody to walk on the water? Can you make the sea cease? Now, he gives us greater power. But I, my question to you, examine yourself. That's why I tell people, examine yourself. Do you walk in that anointed power? Have you done these things? Ask yourself, either yes or no. Just Google all the miracles Jesus performed. Read them and ask yourself, have you ever done the same or more? Ask yourself. But anyway, and when you get that answer, you will understand what I'm teaching and enlightening on this morning. And you've never done all of that that Jesus do. But this man ran up behind him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And now let me give you the actual answer for Mark 10 and 18. And Jesus said unto him, 
Why calleth thou me good? He asked him the question. Why are you calling me good? Why are you calling me good? Mm. Mm. Now you've been beginning to feel me when I say when people say, Oh, I'm a good this, I'm a good woman, I'm a good man. And, 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 and I'm talking about the people who say they in the world, not of the world. Because most people of the world, they don't even say that. That most people of the world are just say. You know, brothers, they used to say, you know, you know, uh-uh, you need a man like me. You know, that's what they used to say. Let's stuff like that. But uh, now here, Jesus said, there is none good but one. Mm. There is none good but one. That is, that is God. Now, Jesus wouldn't even take credit to call himself and say, oh, well, I'm a good master. Because that's what the man said, good master. That's like a good man in charge. Jesus said, uh-uh, uh-uh. See, because even Jesus recognized sometimes I, I may need to check some folks. Don't call me good. And he ain't nobody good. He said, there is none good but one. See, when a person tell me they are good, I look for, I, I mean, I look for these people to be so high up on the pedestal. Because I'm thinking they got the cook. Because Jesus said we'll do greater works. So I'm thinking this is a person that's going to show enough, show me some greater works than Jesus. Because they label their own self good. Oh, my God. And Jesus didn't want nobody to call him that. Why calleth thou me good? There is none good but one. And he let him know who the one is. He said, that is God. He said, because the word said, and I'm going to run it into verse 19 on down to 21. He said, thou knowest the commandments. Now, see, I'm going to tell you now. Now we finna hit home why nobody ain't good. He said, these are the commandments. Not that you beat no woman. Not that you curse a woman. Not, this, this, that ain't what made the man bad. Thou knowest the commandments. And when we don't operate in the commandments, that's what make the people who are in the world bad people just like those who are of the world that they call bad people. Now, the one in the world that know the commandment, it, it said, do not commit adultery. Mm. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Now, that's tell a lie. That's tell a lie, tell a lie, tell a lie. If you say something that's false, you lying. It said defraud not. Now, defraud, what does that mean? Mm. When you may have one woman thinking that she the only woman, but you still are uh, on social media talking to other women. So, you know, you ain't told a woman if you straight up, if you straight up, you'll say, well, you know, I'm talking to you and I'm talking to her and I'm talking to her. But if you ain't doing that, I'm talking to Sister Sicker Wicked, Sister Watermelon, Sister, you know, and some of them talking to Brother Peanut all. I'm just saying in the church. So that means if you're not telling the person you're in the committed relationship with, you are defrauding her. Mm. If you don't honor, it said thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, see he took that good off. He said, well, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. 
Okay. This man said he's been doing all this from ever since he was young. But Jesus still beholding him. He loved him. He showed him love. Because he knew that was good. That's a good thing. That's what I talk called my checklist. When you can check off your checklist. Oh my God. Who are you defrauding? Yeah, you may not be committing adultery. But you show defrauding. And most people defraud when they lie and they and they talk and, and, and see it you don't have to sleep with somebody. Oh my God. To defraud them, to lie to them. What are you doing? Are you telling somebody? Are you being honest? See, that's why I say it's no different than the person they want to call a bad man. Because if you're not walking in the commandments, then Jesus beholding him loves One thing you like, you lack it. He said, go that way. Sell whatsoever you have and give it to the poor. Are you working on treasures? He said, then you shall have treasures in heaven. And come take up the cross and follow me. How many, how many brothers you think going to do that? Going to sell what they have and give it to the poor. But you want to call yourself good. Ain't nobody good, the Bible say, that is but God. People need to be mindful. Now, I'm going to tell you right quick the next thing because I'm not going to hold you too long. And I'm on my time frame. The other thing that vexes my spirit is because I understand this. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Chapter 1. Everything in this world, that's why I said when people say stuff to me like, uh, somebody said they took care uh, of a person, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't do that. Only God does that. God takes care of all of us. Because there's nothing we would have if it was not for God. See, and that's why I say the scripture, what I just read, if you all that and you a good person, then give, how much have you given to help somebody? You're supposed to give and bless and help somebody. Now, that's what Jesus even told him. But he didn't say give some. He said, give everything you got. He said, sell it. See, me, I've given. But he asked this man to sell. Sell whatever you got and give that money to the poor. That's how you build treasures in heaven. You know, don't nothing vex my spirit more than when people like to toot their horn like they did something so grand. Well, according to the Bible, all of it is vanity and vexation. You read, 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 read Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 12. And the preacher was king over Israel in Jerusalem. And he said, and I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sore travail had God given to the sons of man to be exercised therein. He said, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun. And he probably traveled all wherever. We don't know. But he sees so many works. And behold, he said, all is vanity and vexation of the spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight. And that which is wanting cannot be numbered. 
It's going to always be some crooked stuff going on in the world. It's going to always be somebody wanting something. We all carry wants. So many wants that can't be numbered. So what make us so grand and so great? Now, if Jesus wasn't even good, oh my God. Mm. That's why the Bible said humble is the way. When you see an humble person, they not tooting their horns because they think they did something that should be a blessing to do anyhow. Oh my God. I hope somebody got that. If it's supposed to be a blessing anyhow, if you're looking for something in return from that person, why would you put yourself on a pedestal and feel like you good? Well, what they are. You getting some out the deal, baby. Something out the deal is for you too. So why people just want to say, okay, well, that's a, that, that woman is a blessing. I want to be a blessing to her. Or that man is a blessing. I want to be a blessing to him. But who get, who get the opportunity to feel like something so good about you? Are you following all the Ten Commandments? Are you helping the poor? Some of them same men that say they good can't even help their woman. Oh, my God. Let me hush. I got to say that hush, Alfreda, like my cousin. My cousin say she used to say that by herself. But I took that. I said, I said, cuz, let me get that. Let me let me use that. I have to hush sometimes. Cause what make you good? What are you doing so grand with this woman that you even supersede anything miraculous? Is you praying with her? Can she walk on water and compare to come to you? Are you ceasing the wind? Oh my God. Can you touch her body and she healed? Can you give her and to the poor? What make you think you good? When Jesus said none is not good except God, he took no credit to say he good. But you know, I know a lot of time we walk in the vanity of our thinking. So at verse 16, it said, I consume with my own heart. Now, you know, if you don't know Ecclesiastes, this, 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 the son of David, king in Jerusalem, uh, that's writing. He said, I consume with my own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estates. This person had great estate, wealthy, and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been in Jerusalem. So that means he was a smart brother. He said, but yet my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge, and I gave my heart to know wisdom, wisdom and knowledge, and to know madness and folly. He said, once he did all of that, and collected all of that, he said, I perceive that this also, my God, is vexation of my spirit. For in much wisdom is much grief. And people don't believe that. That is so true. And much wisdom is much grief. That's why I tell people, don't covet. Don't be looking at people and wanting what they got because you see what they have. You don't know how much grief people have to go through sometimes just to carry the anointing that rests upon their life. And the Bible said, and he that increases knowledge increases sorrow. And I'm going to tell you why that happens. Because there are things that you will start seeing in people that sometimes they may not even see in themselves. And it will break your heart. 
Sometimes my wisdoms will sit down and let me grieve because of things that the anointing has already shown me will come to pass that haven't even happened. And people just don't know. They just don't know if it would have been better for them to not even entangle themselves to touch certain anointed people. Just leave them alone. Just leave them be. Because God be done showed you that great going to be their fall. And I try to tell people, even engaging with me, I said, look, if you ain't ready, just, I, I never had a man that I didn't invite to leave me alone. If you're not ready, just leave me alone. Because, see, one thing I recognize about the, about the mothers, the fathers, the sisters, I'm trying not to connect with nobody just because the anointing that rests upon their life. If I'm not going to be real connected with that person, I'm going to deal with them in the, in the relationship that I'm supposed to. That's a dangerous thing to do is ride on somebody's coattail, especially, especially for a God spiritual reason when you're not even ready and don't want them. If you ain't ready and don't want people, don't play with them. Just stay out their way or if you in their way, get out their way. Oh my God. The last scripture because I got to go. The Bible says, when I say it, it said, be a blessing to one another. And there are many, many Bible verses that's related to the Bible to tell us how to be a blessing to each other. You know, that's why, you know, when we roll call what we did for somebody, what we think we could have, should have, would have did, and I'm guilty. See, I, I, I don't throw rocks and hide my hand. I'm gonna keep it real. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna combine my my works that's wrong with defraud and lying. Oh my God! Cause that's a, that's a commandment. Defraud. See, I know I I pull out my checklist too. Sometimes when you get so tired of people throwing in your face what they've done, you throw it back at them. And and, and bring it to some awareness to say, well, wait, 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 hold up. Do you think you're the only one who make adjustments and having to go through? That's a two-way street, baby. Because I'm not no lazy sister. By no means. So when I labor, from the time God wake me up, even if it's spiritually labor, I'm praying, yeah. I'm available for prayer, I'm counseling, I'm cooking, and I'm always cleaning because I do not like a nasty house. Never have. And that's one of the works of the flesh, uncleanliness. So I don't operate in uncleanliness. I may not be where I need to be, but it's a whole lot of stuff I don't do. And it just comes by nature because I was raised that way. I'm not going to even say it's because I'm, I'm, I'm so spiritual. My grandma just taught us how to clean up. And you can keep a good, clean house and, don't, and be an atheist. So see, I don't get it twisted. So therefore, let us learn that in all things whatsoever ye would, that men should do to you, you do even so to them. Oh, my God. And Jesus taught this. Matthew chapter 7 and 12. He said, for this is the law and the prophet. 
If you don't want a woman sitting around behind your back socializing and trying to hook up with another brother because she think he better than you and paving the way for where he finna go, why you do it? And if you do, see, this is my thing with people, and I got to get off this podcast. I never could understand, even from a little child, why do people do and say and put things out in the atmosphere? But if it turns around and boomerang and come back to them, they have the audacity to judge you. To judge you for the same thing or that they did and they may have done even worse. Who? That's such the worst hypocrite. That's the worst hypocrite that I know. Because the Bible said, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. So if you're doing evil, how are you going to say something about somebody else that's doing wrong when you're doing wrong too? Oh, my God. The Bible says, and this is in John 3, 1, 11. Now, this is what John wrote. He said, he that doeth good is of God. But he that doeth evil has not seen God. We can make this thing so tight that the broad is the way, narrow is the path, and few going to find it and walk therein, and few might not be but two or three people. You know, I got an apostle friend, and I'm going to get off this, the, the, the podcast. She said, I, you know, if I make it into heaven, she said, I may be surprised at the people that really won't be there. Hmm. I may be surprised at the people who really won't be there. Because, see, we got a hard time and hard heads when we think that we so elevated to the point that we, and and like to say, we ain't perfect. This is not about being perfect. This is about uh, being sinless. Can you walk in righteousness? Can you stop committing sin? Can you checklist off the Ten Commandments and say, I don't defraud somebody. I don't lie to nobody. You know, okay. And, And can you check out the fruits of the Spirit and say, oh, I'm always kind. I'm always loving. I'm always peaceful. I'm always gentle. Now I'm going to leave you with James chapter 5 and 16. It said, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual. See, you got to get this thing. The effectual. Effectual means you taking effect when you do something. Effectual, fervent. And fervent means continuously prayer of a righteous man. Not a, not a, not a, not a unrighteous. A righteous man. Now I can see if somebody said, I'm a righteous man, like Job. See, because a righteous man, then he, he going to be, when I say like Job, was a good upright. It said upright. That means righteous man availeth much. How much righteousness in you before you tag yourself to be good, be a man or woman? How much faithfulness in God is you? How much sin have you deleted from your life? Are you able to confess your faults? And it didn't say to yourself. It said one to another. (laughs) Oh, my God. Let me get off this podcast. People got faults. They got their faults. They won't want to tell you. You think they going to come and confess it to you? What they did wrong? Oh, my God. You think a brother going to come up and tell you and say, I'm good, but I'm going to tell you something. You know, I met this sister on the social media, and I said, ooh, her smile is so beautiful. Here, my phone number. Call me. Mm. You 
think they're going to confess that fault? And you could have read it for yourself in black and white, and some of them are still stand before you and defraud and lie. They will combine it and say, I, ain't, I didn't do that. And you could have read it for yourself. But sometimes, you know, you give people the benefit of the doubt. And God said, okay, well, just watch and pray. They came in my name. Mm. They came in my name. Hmm. They cast out demons in my name. <laughs> oh, but what does the scripture say? He said, I'm going to say to them, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I know you're not. He said, they're going to come in my name and they will fool the very elect. We're living on a time where there's so much fraud and deceit. And people really think they right. And they don't want you to say that they wrong. It's a time, people, and I got to say this, and I got to say this. We really need to stop playing. We need to get out the sandbox. We need to get off the playground. We really do. And we need to just be true to who we are. If we're not ready to turn it all over, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. God is faithful and just, and he'll forgive us. But just be real in whatever you do. Whatever you do, the old folks used to say, let it be real. If you need deliverance because you you a sex fiend or alcoholic and you putting your suit on going to church every time the doors open or your dress on and your pumps every time the doors of the church open. Keep, well, listen, if you recognize that church is not delivering you, you need to seek a change. See, I call them church goers. But don't go to church in vain. That's why in Ecclesiastes it says all is vanity and vexation. It's time that whatever you do, my, my thing is just let it be real. I'm not saying stop going to church. But I'm just saying people don't take positions. You go. That what you be. Only be a church go. It, um, it's a dangerous thing. I'm telling you. I'm telling you people. It's a dangerous thing to sit in a position in the house of God when you're not prepared to please God by leading his people. Don't play with God. That's playing with God. You be a church goer. You sit in the pew until you are positioned to be elevated to the pulpit. Don't want to get there because somebody else got there. You need to get there because you're getting it right. Amen? Amen. You have a beautiful, blessed day in the Lord. Remember to confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed from all that stuff inside of you that is hidden. Oh, my God. I hope somebody got that. Because the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And it say your prayer wasn't going to avail. But it may not avail much. That might be why you can pray and something just ain't happening. Okay? All right. You have a beautiful blessed day in the Lord. And as always, may the goodness of the Lord flow, flow, flow down from heaven to meet all of your earthly needs. I mean needs. Now, it's a difference between needs and wants. Your needs. And may 
your good wants, the things that are goodness, let me say the goodness of your wants may be provided. And that as you delight yourself in God, he will give you your heart's desires. Amen. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. You have a thankful Thursday. And until the next podcast upload, you have a beautiful, blessed day in the Lord. And peace out. God bless.